Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ooh, super friends. With Eric Esquivel. All right, everybody. Welcome to Super Friends with Eric Esquivel. I'm that name I just said. And with me today is my friend DJ Kirkbride, my super friend DJ Kirkbride. Oh, hello. And today we're going to talk about Superman the movie, which is DJ's first exposure to the character and favorite Superman story. Yeah, and maybe my favorite anything ever. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good, that <laughs> Superman movie. Yeah. So you're a huge Superman fan. I think you and I met each other just at Comic-Cons and making comics, and you look like Clark Kent to me, and that's uh, why I talked to you. Nice. That's I get that a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it on purpose? You have the curl going today and the glasses? That's just my hair. Although when I was a little kid, actually, my mom um, always told me that I'd have her like make a spit curl in my hair yeah. or like use hairspray so I'd have the curl. That's so great. So that's real. I used to have a, my mom sewed um, Velcro onto all of my shirts when oh, I was a kid and awesome. I had two Superman capes and one for night and one for day. They're different colors. Oh nice. And I wore them all the time. Oh that's precious. <laughs> I didn't have that although I did have an aunt who made one that had like a little fastener and then um, and I, I grew up in the era of underoos yeah. and would just rock the underoos as if they were clothes. Uh, my mom said I wouldn't leave the house unless I was either super Superman or a cowboy. I don't know. <laughs> That's great for a, a kid phase. I yeah. mean, when you're like 30, you have to knock that off. Well, the thing was, for me, I've, I've always been pretty huge. And, mm-hmm. uh, brag, brag, brag. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I did, that, that's, uh, but like when I was three, I looked six or so. Mm-hmm. So I was running around in my underoos talking like a three-year-old and everybody was like, oh, is he okay? Like, you know, <laughs> um, uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't, they thought I was like twice my age. So they expected me to maybe be a little more mature and I'm like, and that never ended. I like that's, that. Now your career that, is in comics and cartoons. And well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were the underoos over the tights or under the tights? Well, sometimes I, I'm pretty sure sometimes I should pop on some boots and undies and just go outside. Oh, yeah. Just bare-legged. <laughs> it's a hot day today. We should do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, DJ, you actually write comics, which is very cool. Being a Superman fan, that's a fun trajectory. And you write a book called The Bigger Bang, and then later on, The Biggest Bang. That's right, which yeah. Which I enjoy a lot. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are a couple of uh, four-issue miniseries. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I don't know. That I did uh, with IDW and my co-creator, um, this fellow named Vasily Gogzilis. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's so was, good. He, yeah, he's, uh, he's a force of nature. And we did... Um, yeah, Bigger Bang. And then after that, they asked for another one. So we did Biggest. But after th- I don't, that's it. You can't go bigger than the biggest. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So let's talk uh, your exposure to the movie first in Superman and then later on about how that affected your work on the Bigger Bang. Is that oh, cool? Sure. All right. So Superman the movie, when when did you see it for the first time? Well, I um, it came out in like around Christmas in 1978 and I was born in July of 1977. So I'm, I know I didn't see it in the theaters or anything i think i saw it uh abc used to show movies on sunday nights yeah and it was one of those things too which was kind of cool is um because like this is before vhs i mean i'm old and as uh, before <laughs> it's like really common and they would uh show the movies in three hour blocks instead of cutting they'd add scenes mm. so uh there were deleted scenes like the scene where superman's going into lex luther's um uh 
underground layer, yeah, you yeah, know, the labyrinth. And, yeah. in the labyrinth. Yeah. And the, like, so uh, in the theatrical cut, like some of that stuff, like him getting frozen and some of the fire is actually cut from. Yeah. It. Yeah. But that sounds like, great, too. Yeah, I know. That's the version I saw. So, oh, wow. So then when I saw the original, I was like, wait, why, why are these scenes? Oh, missing? I'm jealous. Yeah. That really shows you like the depth of his like his powers and his strength. And he doesn't yeah. react to these flames and bullets. And it's really exciting as a kid. Totally. And that's what and that's what was kind of cool, even though I had to like sit through commercials. And I remember I think I had to stay up. I had to get permission to stay up late, too, when they aired it. But yeah, that's how I discovered Superman was from ABC Family, uh, not ABC Family, just ABC, uh, like Sunday Night Movie. Mm-hmm. And um, and that got me into the cartoons and then the comics. So that's what, yeah, it's kind of funny. The thing is, like, in my mind forever, Superman looks and sounds like Christopher Reeve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just forever. Like, yeah. It's fun that your first exposure was a live action thing, too, because then it feels like Superman's real. Like, yes. did, did it just feel like a documentary when you were a kid? Well, I mean, you know, I... May in a way, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely looked up to him, and more than just like enjoying a movie. You know what I mean? Like I, the character, and and what's crazy too is like I didn't know that guy was like twenty four or twenty five when he shot that really? movie. Really? I didn't realize. He that. seems yeah, he seems like such an adult. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm older. I'm so much older than he was then, and I still feel like a mumbly little kid compared to him. He's just he's always dad. Yeah. Just for Reeve will forever be like if when we're like ninety five, it'd be like oh he's still like so much wiser than I am. Oh yeah, no, this is the charm and yeah. So I, I did. I love the action. As a kid, I got a little bored with like the Clark Kent stuff. Oh yeah, but as an adult, I, I adore it. I just hmm. didn't get it how funny it was. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. Some of the so anyway, yeah. So yeah, I the uh, Superman the movie is what got me on this like ridiculous path where now I write stories about big muscular men in tights. <laughs> That's a great film. Did you go on to the other films in the franchise? Were you... Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Then like I rem- Richard Pryor and stuff? Yeah, well, I remember um, then when Superman 2 came out, I was about four, but I, and I have a really bad memory, but I remember Superman stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to get I'm home. the same way. I don't know how to get home from Meltdown Comics, but I remember Superman. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It becomes part of part of your identity when you're a kid. Like I'm, I'm a Chicano guy, and I speak more Kryptonian than Spanish. Oh, I remember like, you uh, reading that. Yeah, I remember you said that somewhere in an interview <laughs> or something on yeah. Facebook, and I was like, oh yeah, that's hilarious. But uh, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, Superman two. I think we saw at a uh, at a drive-in mm-hmm. actually. So that's how we. And I, so I was like four. My brother is probably three, and my mom and dad, and we all piled in the car. And I, one of the things I remember is I really like Superman two, mm-hmm. but. I would call the romance stuff. They were the mushy parts to me, yeah. like because and my mom and everybody like I don't remember her saying she liked two better because it was a little more romantic mm-hmm. with Clark and Lois. Mm-hmm. I got bored, so uh, the place uh, the the screen behind us was showing Empire Strikes Back, and I have legit memories of like them having dinner in the Fortress of Solitude and being like, all right. I turn around <laughs> and just like watch Silent uh, Empire Strikes Back oh, behind man. me, but I, I still loved them. And then actually, the first movie, I think it's either this one or. Either Superman 3 or Return of the Jedi is the first movie I ever saw, like, in an inside actual movie theater, yeah. not in a car. <laughs> yeah. They're so great. And I, it's funny, with, with Superman, it seems like you have to have been a kid to get into him. Like, I, I try to exp- – I love the character. I have tattoos and all my shirts are Superman shirts. Yeah. I did them earlier. <laughs> and, like, everyone I know knows I love Superman. So when I meet him uh, – or when I meet new people, they try to have me expose them to the character. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's different when you're an adult, obviously. Like, Superman is, is designed for children. It's like a Peter Pan or, like – well, as he would say in Superman the movie, Peter Pan is for children, Lois. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just exactly. A fairy tale. Setting you um, up. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, uh, you know, I, I, I get that. Although I, I do think, I mean, I can go into spiels about how I. That's think, why we're here, yeah, man. Let's okay, do this. Good. We're on a Superman podcast. Yeah. It's, well, it's just, I think Superman's necessary. I don't. I, yes. I mean, there's definitely. There's a childlike thing. I mean, just honestly, the least believable part is the glasses disguise, which I we always try to 
figure out a way to make make sense, right? You mm-hmm. know, like, like you know, Chris Reeve did such a good job slouching, but Zaya's still big, handsome Christopher Reeve. And like Henry Cavill in the new ones, like he's just like a, a He-Man action figure. Like there's no way, you really know, that like... you don't know. He's good, but it's like obviously the same guy. Sure, sure. But I really like, especially living in LA, like meeting everybody four times. Like no one really looks at anybody or takes the time to, to imprint someone in their memory that way. Like, That's true. I, I like the idea that we're not... When we meet people, we don't see their potential. We see how they inter- how they are in our story, like how they can serve and benefit us. Oh, we don't sure. really take the time to examine them. Mm-hmm. And then so Superman is like, he's relevant to everyone's lives. They recognize him, but Clark Kent is just unassuming and he's doing as much good as him, but he's, right. he's kind of like locked down. It's that old fantasy of a nerd where you're like, if they knew who I really was, they'd, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, they'd recognize me. Yeah, it's like, we're all heroes deep inside. But um. What was, what was I saying about Superman? Something oh, him being like movie. important. Oh, important to yes. adults as well. Yes, no, I I, I do find him actually. I, I I almost I feel like I went through a f- brief phase where I kind of. I mean, I always liked Superman. I remember in the '90s, like I've got the death of Superman and the mm-hmm. return and the rain and the all mullet that. era. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, I think I still embrace. I might have a mullet right now just because <laughs> I haven't gotten a haircut in a while. But um, but uh. I've always loved Superman, but as an adult, sometimes like I feel like I get just as emotional about him now as I did as a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, just on like this like base like human level, like uh, you know, he's like a beacon of hope and a symbol of goodness that I, I think we desperately need in this world. Yeah. You know, and that and even the, even though there's there's definitely like a lot of winks and nudges in the Christopher Reeve Superman movies, mm-hmm. um, all of them, including the first and best one in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, there's still like this just like core goodness, and uh, you know, as a kid. I, I don't know, like I was raised, I were in church and stuff, and I remember going to church and uh, just being scared of going to hell. Like, that's sure. all I got from it. Sure. But I, I think really who I looked up to was Superman. Like That's interesting. You can do, and it's so almost like, I mean, it's not a religion, but my little kid brain, it almost like in a way was, like that was, he was like my right or wrong. That's why actually in Superman 3, when he goes bad, like it freaked me out. Yeah. Like, yeah. traumatized me. Oh, Superman's a great story because we all know that it's a story. We know that it's made up, but mm-hmm. you can take every all these great moral lessons from it. And and then like with religion, people think that it's real, so they have wars and they kill each other and they right. hijack planes. And like with these stories, we know for a fact that they're made up and they're just as useful. You can base all your morals on these, and yeah. you never have to get in a fight with anybody. We don't go to like jihad against Aquaman fans, right? Not yet. You know, no, I mean, that's, so, that's coming. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. We're never gonna. Like, I love you know. Yeah, we're never like I have a, my best friend growing up. Uh, his name's Tad, and he's a Batman guy. And sometimes mm-hmm. we joke. About, I mean, I like Batman too. Don't get me wrong, but Superman's my favorite. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna fight over it. Yeah, yeah. Physically. I think when I was a teenage kid, I was kind of like a like a crummy, like uh, anti-social atheist kind of guy. Yeah. And Superman was my way to access those feelings of sure. like faith and, and hope and like in, in a way that was celebrated and not looked down upon by my friends. Like if I was like, I'm really into Jesus, it'd be kind of like cultural suicide. But being really into Superman, that was kind of like, oh, he punches guys. That's cool. And it's <laughs> yeah. the same stories in it. And that was interesting. And yeah. There's that... a lot of crossover there. Oh, of course. Yeah. Not not on accident. The, the resurrection. And... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, some of it's pretty blatant. Even in the Superman, the movie. I mean, even though he's created by two Jewish kids who clearly were not. There was, there's a Moses allegory. Yeah, it's Moses. Yeah. Yeah. But. You know, when Mankiewicz kind of wrote the script, it kind of became a, a more of a Jesus allegory. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's like, it's so funny because it is it is a guy in tights flying around from a planet and he's a superhero and he's fighting crime. So sometimes I do feel silly speaking about it in such loft, a lofty manner, you know, like it's a Christ allegory. But, you know, uh, these are the, the core of it is like this really pure story that's been around since 
humans started telling stories. There's something in humanity that like really needs to believe that power doesn't corrupt. Yes. You know, that if, if there was a being that was infinitely wise, it wouldn't use it to rule people. If it was, if you were infinitely strong, you would protect the weaker. Like that's that's such an attractive and revolutionary idea whenever we tell it in any story. And it's it's really nice to have that iconography around and remind you that that's an option. Yeah. You know, like I like how Grant Morrison says, like before there was the bomb, there was the idea of the bomb. Mm-hmm. And before there was a Superman, there was the idea of a Superman. So now that we know what it, now that we have an example, we can try to live up to that example. Yeah. And that's really exciting. It is. And it's, it's, it's really special. I, um. Yeah, I don't know. I've always looked up to Superman. I, yeah, I love it. I don't know. Are there I'm ways emotional. that you can remember that it's impacted you in your life, like di- di- directly? Like when you were a kid, when you know people have the WWJD bracelets, but guys like you and I have Superman T-shirts, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, I you know, um, like a, you know, when I was a kid, I did dress up in underoos all the time, and mm. I actually have a, a memory that is kind of special to me. It's kind of a big deal memory, actually. Um, where I was playing in my my grand um, my grandpa and grandma, we called them. Granddaddy and Baba, Baba and Granddaddy, that's what we called them. But uh, I don't think Baba was home, my grandma, but Granddaddy was there. And I was running around in their front yard, you know, shacking like I was flying, like mm-hmm. you do. Yeah, and, uh, we've all been there. Yeah, but like separating his yard from the neighbor's yard was like this big like wall of bushes. And there's a little bit of a hill and there were bees in it. And I remember like tripping and falling and rolling into the bees, like just swarms of bees everywhere. Oh, no. My granddaddy like ran out and grabbed me and, you know, pulled me out, you know, and I had nary a sting. Oh, wow. Like, it's because I'm Superman. Yeah. Later, postscript as I was wearing Green Lantern underoos while we were uh, building a swing set, mm-hmm. I got stung by a bee. Well, they're yellow bees, right? Yeah, see, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. You know what's going on. You know all the logic. It all adds up. That's great. That's great. I had the same thing. I never broke a bone when I was a kid. And I, the same thing. I was like, oh, it's like Smallville kind of. Like, uh-huh. my powers are showing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so funny yeah, when you're a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, you got to build up to it. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, Superman, when I was a kid, I didn't really have any male role models around. I had a single mom who was awesome, but no, like, dudes. Sure. So I went to the library, and I was just cruising for books, looking on, like, how to be a man. Oh, yeah. And there's a book called Superman. And I was like, oh, that's obviously the manual, right? That's that's the best man. (laughs) Right. So I picked it up, and that's kind of what it is. It's like how to be a man. It's you protect those who are weaker than you. You always tell the truth. There's stuff in in the movie that I checked out from the library where he he doesn't drink when he flies. Right. So I was like, all right, I'll never drink, and I'm 30, and I've never had a drink. And, like... Yeah. I took it very literally, mm-hmm. and all of my moral code is based on that, like trying to be a man from Superman. So it's fun meeting other guys who have done the same. That's really like it's exciting. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's fine. Like kindred spirits, I think. Um, yeah, with Superman, uh, I think going back to something you said earlier about like the the need to believe that like power doesn't necessarily corrupt. Mm-hmm. That's that's my like core argument for Superman when people say he's boring because he can do anything. Ugh. I'm like, yeah, he can, but he doesn't. Yes. Isn't that yes. freaking compelling? Yes. Isn't that amazing? And then, like, even yeah, like, Superman the movie is kind of what we're we started talking about, but also Superman too. They kind of are one movie, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, were they even shot together? Uh, most of the most of it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, that was the plan, and then they got behind schedule, and so Donner finished Superman one, mm-hmm. and uh, then by the time they're ready to work on two, the all kinds of producers fired him like jerks and brought yeah. in Richard Lester. And it's amazing watching those now to really see. You can see like in between certain scenes, like which what Donner shot and what Lester shot. Yeah, just from the quality of the the picture and. Also, from the way Lois Lane looks, like she lost like a lot of weight apparently in between, hmm. so you can really tell. Like one minute Lois looks like Lois, and the next minute she looks like really skinny Lois. Hmm. But um, but anyway, my one of my favorite parts is when Zod and Ursa discover his weakness, or Zod, you know, it's it's not he's 
kryptonite, you know, it is a weakness, but his real, to them, his weakness, which I think is his strength, is that he really cares about humans. Yeah, yeah. Like, he can't be hurt, but we can, and that will crush him more than anything. Yeah, he yeah. can still, he has a heart, yeah. Yeah. And, like, any comic or any story with a guy's name on the title, that guy's not going to die. If right. you're reading Aquaman, he's unkillable because the book's called Aquaman. Sure, so sure. it's the same as any comic. You're never really believing these guys are in physical jeopardy. Right. It's about, like, the themes and about, like, yeah, the emotional stakes. Superman is, like, he's been on the rocks of Lois with his relationship before mm-hmm. and his parents have died like these very relatable things that we all experience yeah there's a lot of darkness in his past too like he came from like you know genocide like his whole his whole species is gone and yeah, yeah so. I mean that's a big thing when people talk about like Batman like so Edge's parents died and like, well Superman like his entire world blew up he's infinitely alone yeah but I I'd much prefer the version of Superman that you know mourns that and misses that mm-hmm. but faces forward and wants to do good he doesn't mope in it i mean that's the yeah. difference you know between like man of steel and the movie and superman the movie is kind of like the mopey factor mm-hmm. in a way like you know if you're the strongest guy and you can fly and you're super handsome and why are you upset yeah like yeah. why is there any and that, that's and that's a little in real life i know everybody we can you know depression and you know, whatever Kanye comes west from, every, the richest guy in the world yeah and exactly like, isn't hospitalized for being bipolar yeah, yeah 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 so that i as i was saying that i was like okay i get that sounds insensitive but in terms of superman like i i much prefer christopher even like grant morrison's all-star version of him sitting on the cloud just relaxed because he would be like mm-hmm. kind of in a way the most at peace relaxed person well, i think like negativity breeds empathy too like things that have happened to you like superman is a great person because he's experienced all these troubles and strife and he knows what it feels like to be that way mm-hmm. so he makes sure that no one else has to feel that way so he's not going to be like re- he's not a reminder of how dark the world is he's a reminder that like you can go on yeah and i find that theme yeah. in all superman fans too like uh, not to generalize but a lot of batman fans kind of feel like soft people who have fantasies of being hard oh sure and a lot of superman fans feel like hard people who have fantasies of being soft (laughs) people have had like negativity in their life that they want to get over and they want to believe in something and they they maybe need that icon to hold on to there's a reason that like adults still have like superman pillows oh sure yeah is there anything in your life that like superman helped you through that was like a dark period or any like yeah you know i mean every dark period to be honest like i i mean superman's helped me through everything in my life and um I'm not like the nicest person in the world, but I would be a much bigger jerk if it weren't for sure, Superman. I'm sure. sure. Um, uh, yeah, like when I was—I mean, I was 15 when my parents got divorced. That's a big yeah. deal. But that's when I like just—I mean, my dad read comics, and we didn't have a lot in common. Um, no, but we had a lot in common. We—I don't know. Like, there's a point where he kind of maybe was uncomfortable during the awkward years of his kids, sure, you know, sure. and just like I—I don't, I don't, you know, he's not around anymore, so I can't really, and I wouldn't speak for him, but just that's the impression I got. Do you have him in a crystal in your cave? I wish. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'd show up and he had a mustache, a back drawer with like an awesome mustache, <laughs> but um, but yeah, but uh, just comics and comic book movies in general and Superman specifically, even though he was more of a Marvel guy, but that's kind of how we communicated. Sure. You know, even to the like he um. Like the last time I saw him before he passed away, like most of what we talked about were comic books. That's and awesome. Not just, and you know, I made him and he loved that I made him. I don't know if you ever read my books, but he, you know, like uh, he was kind of touched when I said that, you know, I kind of, one of the reasons I got into comics is because he collected comics as a kid and, oh, you man. know, and he, he'd talk about them and I, you know, and the, so Superman, the movie and my dad, like they're, so yeah, it's a huge, yeah, Superman's like a huge part of that. And yeah, so it's. That type of story has helped me get through a lot. And I'm pretty sure it helped him too growing up. So it's like maybe like a, a bond where there weren't a whole lot of bonds. Yeah. Yeah. I love that continuity too of like you being 15 and needing Superman. And now you get to create superheroes and write comics. And like some other 15 year old now is reading Bigger Bang and is like, oh, well, I, 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 mean, I hope so. I mean, I, even though I will say, even though like Bigger Bang's like 
and it's not like I'm not even trying to advertise, but if any character I've written is more like Superman, it's actually I co-write Amelia Cole with Adam yeah. Nave and Nick Brokenshire draws awesome. it. Very I mean, great. oh, thank you. And it's like done now; it's complete. But she, uh, Cosmos and the Bigger Bang, he's a good guy, but he's definitely lets himself mope. Like he's like Superman yeah. without the hope in some ways. You know, uh, Amelia acts like Superman. Like she might, you know, I would say she's like Buffy meets Harry Potter, but. Mm. She's kind of can do, and you know when bad things happen, she takes the time to mourn it. But then she's like, "How can I make it better? Mm-hmm. I got to protect everybody, you know." Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, actually, if anything, at this point, if there's any character I've written that's most inspired by Superman, I think Adam would agree too because we co-write it. It's mm-hmm. Amelia Cole. That's really cool because like the iconography wouldn't uh, tell you that right off the bat. Like I think a lot of reviewers yeah. jumped on to Bigger Bang because the guy has a cape. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, that's yeah. So he's a big muscle man with a cape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, there, and there's there's like a, a genocide in his past too. That's, yeah. that's even bigger than Krypton. Kind of his fault. So that's not, why it's I not his fault, but it. he thinks it's his fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, I can totally see that's they, you know visually right off the bat. You know, he looks more like Superman, and that's actually Vasily. I mean, he just sent me a drawing of a guy in space, a pencil drawing, and said I want to do a superhero in space. And I was like, okay. And then I kind of came up with the concept, and then we went from there. But mm-hmm. it, you know, so that's the look came from Vasily. Um, and um, what's funny too is. You know, like Amelia doesn't really look like something that might appeal to Superman fans, even though I 100% think it would. Oh, yeah. Because, like, if you like the color Superman, yeah, yeah, you're going to like, even though she's not, you know, she's a superhero in her own right. But, um, but with, uh, the Bigger Bang, one of the funny things, like, my wife, uh, Jen, she likes comics, but she likes, like, really, you know, indie handcrafted comics and, like, she she likes a different style. Sure. there's, she even said, like, when the first cover of The Bigger Bang, like, has him, like, in his profile, he's, like, just ridiculously muscular. And she, she's like, if I'd seen, she'd walked up, you know, seen that at the shelves of Meltdown or something, she would have walked right by. Oh, not wow. even thought about it. It's like, that's not my thing. But then when she read it and she got the emotion of it, you know, and the next, you know, it's like, oh, she loves it, mm-hmm. but she would never have looked at it. So it's, it's, it's interesting how like a non, a non fan ever, like, I don't know. Yeah, like a, a superhero fan kind of maybe would gravitate more naturally toward that than Amelia Cole, even though Amelia Cole's kind of more of a superhero. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a dichotomy there. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, and Amelia's kind of like maybe a little more like Jen. It was that does catch her eye, you know. Mm-hmm. But she, so it's just, it's just funny to to think that um, visual the visuals of those books kind of maybe appeal to different audiences, and you think I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Well, I think even Superman the character has that. People look at him as like a big, strong, tough guy punching things or mm-hmm. like slamming a car into into a bunch of rocks, sure. people running and screaming. And well, like, well, he's angry. He's a tough guy. Back there's then. no way to know. Like, yeah. But inside, it's a guy talking about like I'm gonna uh, stand up for this battered wife, and I'm right. gonna like throw out this guy who's charging too much rent in New York in the 30s. Yes. Like, it's, yeah. You never know that from the cover that people would like they make snap, snap judgments, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with Superman and Clark Kent, the character in the book, mm-hmm. where people make snap judgments, and that's that's really interesting. Oh yeah, Clark doesn't like you said he doesn't look heroic, but he is. And also one of my favorite things is uh, the Clark Lois relationship. Um, I like a lot when writers kind of touch upon with for all his powers, Superman is a writer, like he likes to be a journalist. And being super strong doesn't help him as a journalist. Exactly, yeah. And, like, Lois is his hero. Mm-hmm. And that's the part, like, I'm getting choked up saying that. Like, I love, like, so sometimes it's like, why would, you know, why, he should be with Wonder Woman, and everyone says. You know what I mean? Yeah, he yeah. kind of was in some of the rebooted kind of, I think it's yeah. been re-rebooted and mm-hmm. uh, booted again, and I think rebooted as I'm talking. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think they're on their fourth number one as we started this podcast. They but, did um, the red and blue again recently, and I was like, really? oh, my God, it's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, but I do, but I do, I love that. It's like, no, this human woman is, he's in love with her not it has nothing to do with physical strength i mean you know what i mean it's, yeah. it's about the, uh, the integrity and strength of character and he looks up to her talent i think that's pretty awesome and he discovered that you can do more good for the world by writing an expose than hitting anything 
Right. And that's really interesting. Like, like Lois has more, she's more effective in fighting evil because mm-hmm. she reaches more people than he does. And, and she's better at writing. And that's like, he can write faster because he has sure. speed, but yeah. he, it doesn't make you, like being strong doesn't make you good at writing. And as right. writers, I'm sure we, we both love that. Exactly. Yeah. No, that, that part, that's something that I really, I think there's a, a Chris Claremont, I forget who drew it. Um, he did like a three issue Superman Wonder Woman prestige series years mm-hmm. ago. And then there was something about that. Like no matter for all his powers, like the blank page still terrifies him or yeah, something. You yeah. know? And I just, I love that. That's like, so oh, good. Wow, that's they hint awesome. a lot that he's mediocre too. Like, oh, like, he's it, pretty like good. in continuity, he wrote a book called under, uh, under a yellow sun. And, oh, they, okay. and they put it out as a prestige format thing, like Clark Kent's actual novel uh-huh. that he wrote. Oh, wow! And like, and it didn't take off. Like, it just hit like the the bargain bin at Barnes and Noble. Oh, and I like, never read it. Oh, it's, wow. That's really funny. That maybe he chose the one career that he's mediocre at, just to feel what's like to struggle. Yeah, maybe that could be it. Even he feels like he's cheating, a little. or even it's not on purpose, you know. But yeah, like there's something about the challenge mm-hmm. that maybe appeals to him. Yeah, I like that. Such a great character. Are there? So you mentioned the reboots. Are there any reboots or any like Elseworlds uh, that you're very fond of? That kind of uh, that you go back to, like, um, like a Red Sun or anything? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, precursor to the, or just kind of, what, the way I look at it, there have been a lot of good Superman comics. But I feel like there have been more great Batman comics, mm-hmm. and that's not an insult to anyone who's worked on Superman. I, I do feel like most writers and artists somehow find Batman easier in a way. So uh, sometimes I feel like the the truly great Superman books are a little fewer and farther between. That could be just because I haven't been exposed to him. Like, I'm sure somebody could listen to this, but oh, he hasn't read those. Maybe not. But, um, like, as a kid, uh, John Burns' Man of Steel, I mm. really liked. And yeah. I liked that he kind of, like, he looked enough like Christopher Reeve to me that sure. I could see Christopher Reeve in it. And I, and at the time, I liked the less fan, like, even though it's funny to say there are Superman stories that are less fantastical than others, but, you know, they're a little more grounded because the movie's a little more grounded. Part of it was just budget, you know? Yeah, yeah. you can't, you can yeah. draw more than you can film. Exactly. And, but I kind of related to that and I liked those comics a little better at the time. So yeah, Man of Steel was huge. And then, you know, I read, and I read his Superman and Jerry Ordway, Ordways and, and that era. Um, I read those for a while. Uh, and, um, and then uh, moving forward, again, a lot of them, my favorites are origin stories of Superman, oddly enough. Like, I love Superman Birthright. I think that Mark Wade oh, knew. I have a tattoo of that. Yeah. Yes. And what's the name of the artist? It's a. Uh, Linnell Yu. Linnell Yu, yeah. I, the way that he drew them, it was like a modern take. And yeah. like, they were good looking in like a different way than they had been before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, just, I thought that was really cool. And actually, like, if I were making a Superman movie, I would just take Birthright and hand it to everybody and go, all right, let's go. Yeah. You know, like. Mark Wade kind of knows what he's doing. Yeah, totally. He's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's perfect. And then, um, um, another one that I mentioned to you, and you know, the, the All Star Superman by uh, you know uh, Grant Morrison, Frank Quietly is kind of. I mean, it's some. I remember reading that, and that what's funny about that one is that is like very kind of silver agey and gets pretty wacky and out there. But I love it, and again, it's just because of the core of the character. It's yeah. you know, I like, resent I'm, that the '70s own like crazy wacky out there stories that like silver aging means just like well people used to know how to write back in the 70s like i love that it's a modern story with all those concepts yeah totally yeah. and and it's and sometimes you know i don't know i wonder if back you know sometimes uh people weren't quite as precious about their writing back then it's like i gotta hit this deadline let's go you know and the, sure. oh, little superman <laughs> come out of his wrists okay go done yeah, yeah um whereas morrison like kind of you know obviously he delves deeper like the, he's another guy who knows what he's doing and um i will say like though i don't want to spoil it just in case anyone listened to this listening to this hasn't read all stars Superman, but if you haven't, go read it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the end of that book, I remember I was outside a pizza place, like after work, waiting for my pizza to be done, and mm-hmm. I just went to the comic shop. So I was reading it in my car and like getting chills. I got a lump in my throat. Mm-hmm. I heard the Superman theme song in my head as I was reading those final pages. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like, very few, like, I love comics, but very few comics give me emotions like that. 
And so that was like, that's a special one. Like that's something yeah. to be treasured forever. I have a, a hardcover copies of those. And I always think that like, if I know that I'm dying eventually, if I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to read all Star Superman because it's, it's Superman's last story. Yes. Oh and, yeah, like, yeah. That's a way to handle that with grace. Mm-hmm. And like all, all Superman stories have taught me how to be like a teenager and a young adult and uh, a boyfriend and like a person in society and a citizen that, that shows you how to die with grace yeah. oh. and, and leave a legacy. And like, that's, pretty heavy heck yeah it is yeah. heavy for like, a book that has so many wacky moments but like, yeah. the emotional core yeah. is there it's so good alright so we're gonna take a break right now uh, so you guys go grab a super snack and uh, <laughs> DJ and I are gonna go buy some comics we're at Meltdown Comics on 7522 Sunset and we're gonna yeah. go hang out let's do yeah. that right on be right back alright and we're back hello hey so we're just talking Superman the movie Right. Uh, do you feel like Superman is a character that's more suited for film, maybe? Like, I think most people have encountered the character through uh, film and cartoons than from comics. Yeah. So, and that was your first entry point. Right, yeah. It's, that's funny. Yeah, it, film was my first entry point. But I, I don't... I don't think I think the character's pretty amazing everywhere, and even like in novelizations, like uh, uh, the Last Son of Krypton and yeah. um, Miracle Monday, mm-hmm. uh, I read those pretty recently, actually. And they're re-releasing those now too. That's what I heard. My friend um, Alex Chung sent me a text like, "Do we release them?" I, I uh, my wife got me Miracle Monday like uh, for like one of the first I think birthdays when we were together. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty it's awesome. Gift. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I love that those are supposed to be kind of like tied into the movies. Yeah, like Christopher Reeves on the cover of both, but yep. those books have nothing to do with the movies. <laughs> like it's and it's so great and so. I wish they. I wish he could have written more. Um, as it, it's Elliot S. Is it Magan? Yeah, yeah. Magan. Okay, it's funny. I read so many words and if i never say them out loud i'm never sure how they're said isn't that weird that's kind of embarrassing like adamantium magneto oh yes yes exactly yeah um but uh yeah so i i think he works in novels i've read some good superman novels i don't i don't tom de havens it's superman i love tom that is my jam i love it how he's like he was was he like a stunt man on a movie about a man from saturn that explained the s and it takes place in the 40s which is like kind of the what i think is the best era for the character well that that is the thing actually it's a good point because i know you know the tendency and i guess by necessity maybe for uh, sales and whatever but yeah the comics always take place in modern times and Mm -hmm. the movies take place in the modern times but yeah i think a lot of these characters kind of work best in the area era they were created like like the dc classic older characters there's a reason you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. the like Clark Kent, like with a double-breasted suit and a fedora, like that yeah, looks man. right. Not now, but back then it did, and that's kind of how I we think we all kind of think of him. Mm-hmm. And even like the mass crime fighters, like Batman and everybody, there's there's something about that era that they make a, somehow more sense to me. Yeah, and like a pre-surveillance America, right? Oh you know, yeah, it makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, and pre-internet, like nobody could take a picture of Superman and like Google his face and do a face match, right? You know, like I mean, I, I there's some. I might have seen this. I don't think I'm making this up. I think I saw a joke, uh, like you know, like Clark Kent on Facebook. But then it's like, do you want to tag Superman? Yeah, like, exactly. Oh crap, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's just there are all these things that just, you know, it's, it's all sus- suspension of disbelief though, and that's fine. But um, no, I think, I mean, I personally love Superman in the movies when it works, mm-hmm. um, which is not often really. I yeah. mean, even though even though there there are things I love, like all four Christopher Reeve movies, um, I think he's great in them. Mm-hmm. But uh, and Superman one and two are like, it could have been amazing. That's one of the things that kind of like, I don't know if you ever saw the Donner cut of two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's like you know, I, when my my wife hadn't seen them, and I, 
I decided we should probably watch the Lester version because that kind of makes more sense, sure. you know, without like, you know, the wanting the history and the knowledge. But mm-hmm. the Donner is like a glimpse of like, oh, my God, what could have been? And mm-hmm. if you'd done that and you, what would they have done for three? And, you know, what what's I mean? your favorite like thing they cut from the from the uh, theatrical release that you saw on the Donner? Oh, gee, that's a good question. I, I you know, I kind of I, one of the things I really liked was how Lois first tries to prove Clark is Superman. Mm-hmm. And the scene where she like jumps out the window mm-hmm. and stuff like and just like drawing his glasses on a picture of Superman. Like something that, that is simple. Good. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. And it just like, you know, there's a lot of Richard Lester is actually an awesome director. I mean, like Hard Day's Night and his Beatles, you know, the movies, those are really fun. And there's a charm to him. But he didn't quite get the wholesome Americana yeah. um, sincerity of Superman that Donner did. And that's what really shows. That's kind of the problem. Donner does the fun, like, there's 40s elements in there, too. Like, the, the architecture for the Daily Planet looks kind of, like, old-timey. And the way yeah. Clark dresses, he's a nerd, so he wears the old-timey clothes. Right, he's, like, outdated. Yeah. It's like, but it looks right. Exactly. Yeah. So Clark is kind of, like, hipster-looking. He looks like he's from Silver Lake. Yeah, he looks cool to us now. But back then, he has, he's, he's uh, Squaresville. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where your shoulder pads at, Clark. Right. Yeah. But, uh, all right. Yeah, wear shoes without laces. I don't know, like Lois trying to hip them up. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, that one's probably my favorite part. The Donner cut, I think, is more in my favorite uh, is in terms of tone mm-hmm. than specific scenes. You know, and like I felt like Zod felt more dangerous, and um, he's great. In that yeah. Zod. Oh, Terrence Stamp is phenomenal. And I love There's, that it shows you like he's he's so evil, and it shows you what Superman could be easily. Right. And and it just chooses not to be, but that's, yeah. that's as a kid, that's frightening. And you're like, look, he's an inch away from that. You know, mm-hmm. one bad day. You know, yeah. right? Oh, I mean, that's that's thing. Luckily, we trust that that won't happen. That's what's so scary about Superman three when he, you know goes bad mm-hmm. and i love their version of him going bad is like getting drunk and knocking over parking meters and like blowing out the olympic torch but um, it's traumatizing though because yeah. threatening him flipping the peanuts in the bar yeah and, like, oh that's out. still a serious like, like yeah. christopher reeve i mean even before they go into like where he gets his when his suit becomes dirty and dark which is actually now what superman looks like in the movies for some reason yeah but, um, <laughs> most deliberate choice. yeah i yeah. know like it's like oh man that's evil superman but um even before that, there's a scene where he's like talking to Lana Lang, mm-hmm. and there's like some bus hanging off our truck hanging off a bridge, and he's like, "Oh, we got plenty of time. Like, I'll be there in time. Let's sit down." And he's like, "It just like there's something the way he changes like his." And uh, rewatching it, I saw they also put like guy liner on him to make him like yeah, look yeah. a little more dramatic. But like just, he's like, an AFI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there, but there's something about the way he plays it subtly right there, where you know something's up, you know, and it's, yeah. it's really like. With better acting than necessary, which is why he's so good in that role. And they always kind of play with that too, like like when when Lois dies in the movie, oh, and he like howls in pain. Yeah, and then he reverses the planet, even though like the, the, he reverses time, even though his dad told him not to. Right. Like there's always a little bit of that tension with Superman of of like he could do it, like how far is he gonna go? Right. And then he chooses to do the right thing, and that's what's so exciting. But there's that tension is important, and and mm-hmm. in the newer movies they sort of like don't have that as much there no. isn't like the wholesome part there's just the like what can i get away with right like let's fight like his fight with zod is i remember getting bored at that fight in man of steel because i mean with all the technology it just goes on and on they're punching each other and they don't hurt each other mm-hmm. and they're just knocking down buildings and just if they could have had a moment where he saved a human's life mm-hmm. i know like zack snyder is all about like you know they're gods and this is what happened but you forget that you know he's a god who was raised by mortals yeah and like you know Ideally, they're wholesome, nice people. And story-wise, that would be more dramatic too if he was like trying to like run around like and grab things before they fell and hit the ground or right. repair stuff. Like that would be more of an exciting thing to see than someone just like hitting a guy over and over. Yeah, again. it got boring. And and yeah. that in Superman too, that was a thing. Like you had to protect the people. So, I mean, I like that. It would be great if you know he has to fight the bad guy, 
but he's uh, has a handicap that the bad guy doesn't yeah. that Zod doesn't have that he also needs to protect these people. I mean, there's a little bit of that actually even in Superman Returns, which I think was a well-meaning but ultimately I very I love that scene though. That scene's great. Yeah, heat vision. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah where he, he, he like or fries the debris or whatever yeah, before it can hit before it can street. hit people. Yeah, even though for all the faults of that movie, like they got that part of Superman down. Like they mm-hmm. understood that that I don't think Snyder did. He might now mainly cuz of backlash. Like I have a feeling Actually, I saw Wonder Woman yesterday too, and I have a feeling that the DC universe has maybe righted itself. Yeah, yeah. If if they follow the Wonder Woman template, I'm like, oh, that's how it's supposed to feel. There's a mandate in the Spider-Man movies from Sony that at one point, like Spidey has to be saved by the people he's saving. Like, if you watch all the movies, mm-hmm. there's a point where like he's defending people and it's it's hurting him to do so, but he's doing it anyway. And then right. they come to his aid. So like, oh, yeah. they throw pipes at the Green Goblin, or in the in the scene with the uh, the train in, Super, in Spider-Man Two. Yeah, like they they give him his mask back. Yeah, and, and that don't won't tell nobody. Tell nobody. Yeah, and like, yeah, Superman should have that. Yeah, oh, totally. Like, also, I like though that scene with Spider-Man. It's like, hey, kind of nondescript white guy with brown hair. Like nobody knows who he is. Yeah. Like it doesn't <laughs> yeah, yeah. matter. But um, but yeah, no, I love that. I love and that actually happens. You know, in Superman Two, after he gets knocked out, and the people are like, this, you know, we'll go. Try to stop them, then they, you know, blow them away like with their super breath. And then, but that's important. But to it's have important. The people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a, it's different than the Man of Steel. There's a lot more of like, and Batman be Superman colon Donna Justice. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. there are scenes of like people looking up to him and like he pauses to do like a godlike pose in front of the sun and like it's a beautiful image, mm-hmm. but. They, it's so it separates him so much, and even when he saves like a girl from a, a burning building and and like some weird Day of the Dead celebration that's like pretty over the top. I I don't know. Like they're all like people are touching him, and he's just like, oh god, I guess I saved somebody. Oh, and he yeah. like, looks so he like be waving and brown. smiling and yeah. speaking Spanish. Yes. <laughs> like, it'd be amazing. That would be great. And that's I'm an thing. immigrant too. Yeah. How's it going, everybody? Welcome. Well, you wrote a beautiful scene of um with a uh, super right uh, talking about like how he yeah mm-hmm. different languages, which I thought was really awesome. And the comic you wrote about Superman. Oh, thanks, and, um, man. Yeah, thanks. I remember like that gave me chills. That touched me. Oh, thanks. And that's what that's but that's what he should be. And even in Superman Returns again, like you know when he saves the uh, the plane and he pauses to wave at people. Or in the Supergirl TV show, I just watched the episodes where Superman's in it. And even though that guy, have you seen him? I, don't... I, I haven't seen it enough. I, I like the show a lot. Yeah. I just haven't had a lot of time. But I love that uh, Jimmy Olsen is bigger than Clark in that. Yeah, it's really funny because yeah. they call Superman the big guy, but nah, actually Jimmy's bigger. Um, but 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 you know I've only seen the two. Uh, I mean, I've seen the whole series, but so far I've seen two episodes with Superman. I think he comes back later, mm-hmm. and you know, there uh, quibbles, you know, with the costume, whatever, and sure. the the app, but the actor captures like that charm of Superman, yeah. you know, and I and that's so important. Like, it can't just be a big, overly muscled, angsty, furrowed brow guy who has the powers of a god. He has to have the powers of a god and act like a modest, nice fella because that's why the story is interesting yeah were you yeah. stoked for the man of steel when you heard it was coming like superman a new superman movie a reboot a modern era thing were you excited or were you did you know this was coming um i remember the first trailer for man of steel mm. got me really excited me too yeah I being elated yeah, yeah it was beautifully shot and it's like oh, it was like terrence malick's superman almost like mm. uh yeah yeah and um and there's and i was like this is Zack snyder and what's funny about Zack snyder honestly um at first like i i remember i i'm don't feel like rewatching him, but like his Dawn of the Dead remake. That is great. The James good. Gunn wrote. Yeah, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, and, and even three hundred. Should do horror. Yeah, but even, well, he kind of does. That's the thing. That's like when you forget, like, oh, like, no. like Batman vs Superman. This is like a horror movie. Something. Yeah. It's like nasty. There's a nastiness to it that doesn't need to be there. Um, that I feel like hopefully 
with the reactions of those movies and now with Wonder Woman and everything, I'm feeling Justice League is going to kind of tone that down. I, I feel like it has to. So you and I are, are both two guys who like the Superman movie affected us a lot when we were children. Mm-hmm. If, if Man of Steel hit you at that age... Would you be a Superman fan today? Well, that's the problem. That is, yeah, exactly. No, I don't think so. Uh, does he, that hurt your soul? <laughs> it does. It bra- it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Um, but then uh, two kind of funny things about that. One, um, um, I feel like though the Wonder Woman movie would affect me the way Superman yep, did. Yep, she'd be who you she like now. She was amazing, and it was sincerity. It was mm-hmm. a, I was a, Richard Donner always calls it a, he says they wanted a verisimilitude. Yeah. Which is a ridiculous word, but I know I pronounced it right, I think, because I've seen him say it in documentaries. But um, He had it, like, written up in the studio. Yeah, there's, like, there's like a drawing Johns. of Superman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, does Jeff John have, have Jeff it Jeff John, who was his assistant, yeah. and has carried that on now and, and like, preaches that. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and Jeff Johns is someone who gets it, and I think when he's able to, you know, you can tell sometimes, I don't know, like, how do I say this? Jeff Johns gets it. I think he gets it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I don't think Zack Snyder gets it. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe with Jeff Johns' help and some other people's help that he will get it. Because he's a great, like, stylist. He can do action. He, Superman looks cool. Is well cast. Like, I think he cast Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and he cast Henry Cavill. They're both perfectly mm-hmm. cast. Any behind-the-scenes picture of Henry Cavill as Superman when he's with a kid or he's just like smiling. I'm like, oh, there's Superman. Yeah, why- he wants to play Superman. Yeah, like why isn't that on the screen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's actually can be really charming and it's like, oh, that, he just doesn't get a chance in those movies. Did you see Man from Uncle? I didn't, but I heard that he was really pretty charming and he's fun in a suit in that. and charming. Like, oh, it's Clark Kent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's totally. So, I mean, he's capable of it. And But yeah, so I would say, uh, yeah, if I were like, however, like five or six and saw, I don't, number one, I don't think I would have been allowed to see Man of Steel. You know, and definitely not Batman versus Superman. It's so weird because he's called Superman, which is like the hokiest, cutest, silliest little name. Next to Wonder Woman, ever been. right? They're both like just like yeah, yeah. It's it's like a cartoon. It's like Mickey Mouse. It's yeah. Superman. Yeah, and then like to have people saying it with a straight face and being like really dramatic and scared, it, it just feels like like having Bugs Bunny be rated R. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. For actually, I'd rather rated R Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> that might actually be funny. But um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's just it's just if a kid can't see a Superman movie, something's really wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I remember even like with Batman versus Superman, I um, I think I read something where Ben Affleck said one of his sons was too young to see the movie. I'm like, <sighs> what is that? Don't you know that's wrong? Yeah. It, even though Batman lends himself to that. Like, if there was a rated R Batman movie, that'd be okay. I only feel that that's true because we keep doing it over and over again. But, mm-hmm. like, initially, like, not he's called Batman. Like, it's yeah. such a silly, weird idea. It's silly and weird. But and he's I, a kid. He, the story starts with him being eight years old. Yeah. Batman doesn't work unless it's a kid feeling like, oh, my God, mommy's gone. Right. And that's a, that's a, a very juvenile idea. And we try to dress it up and make it like this this uh, super dark goth drama. And it's about an eight-year-old boy who doesn't want anybody, any other eight-year-old boys to ever feel pain the way he did. Right. And that's a beautiful way of putting it. The way, unfortunately, that happens a lot is he wants vengeance, you know, and that's not the case. I yeah, I believe that that's the mistaking the core, just like what you're saying. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and even like Nolan, Batman Begins actually is a great adventure movie that I think really hits at the core of Batman really well. It blows my mind so that he refused, you know, he lets someone die in it, but yeah, like, he flat yeah. out like doesn't save. Yeah. I don't have to go. save you, but Batman doesn't snap any necks. Yeah, so Superman die, shouldn't. Though. I don't know. I hate all that stuff. Yeah, no, it's that that was a thing that uh, there, there's interesting lines. Like, I, if Batman lets someone die, it doesn't bother me as much. Like, Wonder Woman kills people; she's in war. Captain America kills people in war. That doesn't bother me as much. Superman should not take a human life. Mm-hmm. That would be like like kicking a. I mean, even though he loves humans, and I think mentally we're all on the same level. Like him, him killing a human would be like I don't know, like 
It's child abuse. It's child abuse. It's, it's like kicking so a puppy dog. Much stronger. Yeah, it's, it's and he like, knows so much better, and he's never in danger. Right. That like, that's the you're right. It's child abuse, and that's where yeah, it's really disturbing. I don't know. And even I know Zod wasn't human, but just that that scene kind of broke my heart and i don't think it'll I'll ever kind of get over it. yeah yeah it's really uncomfortable yeah yeah so we're talking about like superman the movie was your favorite one with, with luther yes so let's talk about your relationship to lex luther because he's he's characters to me that is also kind of admirable at times he's mm-hmm. a flawed guy i i literally cried when new 52 happened because i wanted there was no luther resolution with the old continuity uh-huh. like i wanted luther to become like saved and they're doing right. a little bit no- now in the new books. He's joined the Justice League and stuff. Oh, has he? Okay. He, has, he, he does it for ulterior motives or whatever. But like, I always wanted him to be like, I want a hug. I want like an actual genuine Superman Lex Luthor like, reconciliation really mm-hmm. bad. I could see that. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think the core, I love the interpretation of Lex Luthor kind of want, thinking Superman's holding mankind back. I mean, because there is an argument for that. If you look, you know, if we're all waiting to be saved, I, there is an argument for that. I didn't. You know, I love Gene Hackman. He's a great actor. But if one of the bigger flaws of the movie, I think, is the interpretation of Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. But I would argue, actually, that he can be freaking chilling in some of those scenes. I think people for like the thing of the Miss Tasmacher and the wigs and like Otis, like the boom, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and shenanigans. But he does some nasty stuff. His plan is awful. And uh, there are a couple scenes like where he's like when he's like this old diseased maniac, you know, yeah, and like yeah. he's like. He actually, there is like this like really awesome undercurrent to his Lex Luthor that I think people miss in terms, and part of it's like 70s fashion even. She looks so ridiculous. You know, mm-hmm. there's like a stylish, you know, over the top stylish guy. Sure. Um, so yeah, and I do, I like the interpretation. I mean, that's just Lex Luthor as a crook. And he want maybe I think there's a part of him wants to prove he can, you know, mind over muscle that he can beat Superman. I like the little more nuanced interpretation that you're talking about. Um, where they, yeah, in a way... There's a he thinks he's doing the right thing, like to get rid of Superman, because you know I mm-hmm. I kind of like that and bringing back like All Star Superman again, like the resolution with Lex and that is beautiful. Yeah, like or, yeah. In the movie, it's interesting because his whole thing is that he has illusions of grandeur. Yeah, and he should not, and Superman should, but does not, and that's the uh, contrast there. Like, yeah, okay. You yeah, know, yeah. Luther's like wearing these like elegant costumes, and he, and he's in this like this castle that's really like underground. Yeah, and he lives like like Julius Caesar or something, and mm-hmm. he's just like he has no value to society he's just a parasite he just yeah. has to take and take and take whereas like clark should have all those things and yeah. doesn't it doesn't occur to him for a second that he should like rule over humanity or be praised or anything right and that's that's the contrast with those two guys it's, that's that's how that's what a man should be that's how that shows you like here's right. one side of the spectrum here's the other side yeah and then in the comics i like the luther that loves humanity and and, and wants to like put that above superhumanity but yeah. But it's it's interesting because he wants to drag people down. I don't know. It's it's like an anarchist, you know. It's a it's a pretty good idea, but I don't know if it could work. It's flawed. Yeah. And he wants to hurt somebody, and that's that's not the way to go. There's a there's a pettiness, I think, and you know, like mm-hmm. a, a um, lot of bravado, false bravado, mm-hmm. and inside he's probably just like a real chicken scale. Well, most bullies are, and in a way he's kind of a bully. And um, yeah. I don't know, but I I do like the, I do love that you know people maybe talk about like Batman has a. He's certainly Batman overall has like a more well-known colorful rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Superman's arch villain arguably is Lex Luthor and he's a regular human who's just really smart. Yeah. I think that's great. I like it. Like if, if Zod is a cool villain, but he's not I wouldn't consider him Superman's arch nemesis because sure, sure. there's two strong guys who can punch each other. There's that's some, not as interesting to me. There's some discomfort in that though cuz the like it's 
Brain versus Braun, and Brain is the bad guy. Well, it's and not that's a, odd. I think, um, uh, and this is actually Mark Wade said this about Batman and Superman, but I could also say it about Lex Luthor and Superman too. And I am paraphrasing everything, but I remember him saying in his mind, like uh, Superman's a smart man, mm-hmm. but Batman's a clever man. Oh, okay. You know, so there's there's a difference. Like there's a you know, it's like genuine like Superman's not dumb by mm-hmm. any means, but some stuff that occurs to Batman and occurs to Lex Luthor just wouldn't occur to him. Sure, I don't sure. think because he doesn't look that way. He's not devious. He's not always looking for weaknesses. Or like looking... fighting dirty. And, yeah, he yeah. would never fight dirty. Yeah. So um, but it, so yeah, so I don't think brains is the bad thing. It's just it, it, sometimes and and one of the heartbreaking things about Lex and that is in some of the better comics is. It bothers Superman like that all the good Lex could do. Yes, if he put his brains towards it, like God, like he could, he could, he could save humanity, mm-hmm. and that's part of the tragedy of that character. And there's no reason that they both can't do it at the same time. Yeah. where he's like, well, humanity has to has to be low because you're high, and there's, there's, that's not true. There's no, a transactional no. idea that Luther has that is false, right? Because he believes in a hierarchy, mm-hmm. and Clark does not. No, we're all we're all equal. And, you know, so I was like, Superman's an aspirational character. He's not here to totally save everybody and guide him but like we can like even as you and i've talked about as in the real world where he doesn't exist we look up to him and i feel like that same thing can happen in the comics and the movies he can inspire people to do good absolutely absolutely okay so if no if we're talking to someone right now who hasn't seen the movie which is your favorite superman story and you had to pitch it to them how would you sell it on them let's end the podcast with you selling superman the movie oh wow i mean I, i'd say that we live in like right now we live in an era where like there are like six or seven superhero movies every year now you know and uh, when that came out like it's part of it is a time capsule like it is important to remember that that is the first big movie that took superheroes in its own way seriously mm-hmm. um the tagline kind of sells it for me you will believe a man can fly so good and i will say even with all the cg and all the trickery that we can do there's the way they shoot christopher reeve even just on wires or in front like back projection the way he moves his arms and the camera moves i believe he's flying absolutely um and and there's there's just something just that basicness there's something beautiful in it but i mean in this three movies in one there's like norman rockwell america there's mm-hmm. or there's or there's 70s sci-fi then norman rockwell america and then like 70s new york and it's all this it's like a big epic sprawling beautiful mess of a movie and i, I would say if you can see it on the big screen do it like here in LA the new Beverly has screens of it mm-hmm. a lot and and that's the first time my wife saw it was on the big screen oh, at, at a kiddie screening and I wondered if kids were going to get kind of you know antsy D- did they no that's actually was there were kids there were fathers with like their sons and daughters everybody wearing capes oh, um, so great <laughs> and it's just is it is it beautiful like we're all there and there's something too in our society now you know there's we have so many it's hard to pay attention when we're watching something in, uh, at, at sure. home. Yeah, I'm watching phone. a movie, I'm looking at my phone, I'm looking at my computer, I don't yeah. know, whatever. You go to the movie theater and it's this big screen. That's the way Superman the movie deserves to be seen, where that's all you're going to do mm-hmm. for like almost three hours is like stare at this big, beautiful screen and watch this ridiculous, glorious, heroic movie. Excellent. Well, I don't thanks. know if I pitched it, but I love it. No, that was great, yeah. man. I love that. I love that. So thanks again. This is the first podcast. I appreciate you coming out. This hey, thanks awesome. for having me. I love this idea for a podcast. I'm really that's happy man. to to be here on the maiden voyage heck yeah heck yeah so we'll put links to your books in the show notes as well if you want to read amelia cole or bigger bang or anything else that dj kirkbride has written thank you so much yeah and we'll we'll add that one that dj mentioned that i wrote too which is from the dc holiday special it's worth reading thanks thanks and if people want to find you online where can they do that dj um i'm you know uh pretty pretty easy to find on social media uh like twitter it's at dj kirkbride um on facebook i have a writer's page it's dj kirkbride.writer dj k-i-r-k-b-r-i-d-e i was it's like captain kirk's bride um, <laughs> yeah so yeah just uh, dj kirkbride i'm i'm all i'm there um I, I'm on, uh, yeah, 
all the social media up to Snapchat, and at that point, I have to tap out. I think I, I'm, I'm just too old. I'm never going to go, <laughs> like, Instagram's it for me, everybody. But uh, So no Superman underwear with Snapchats from you at 4 a.m.? No, no. Right. Well, right. no. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. And I'm on Twitter at uh, Eric M. Esquivel, which is E-S-Q-U-I-V-E-L, and it's Eric with a C, the way it was meant to be spelled, <laughs> and online at emecomics.com. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.